Mini episode 1142 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You'll want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with good friend Raymond Smalley, FDH Lounge dignitary and proprietor of the outstanding sports and entertainment brand Googling at Lee Hammaker, which can now be found at alwaysgooglingatleehammaker.blogspot.com, bringing him in to preview all of the NFL divisions for 2019. We come now to the NFC North. It is a division that uh, the Packers have been astride for most of the last decade or even two. You go back further. We are used to seeing them in the pole position. Uh, they were not last year. It was uh, a, a, the, the sort of implosion of the Mike McCarthy era going in a new direction now with Matt LaFleur, uh, who ostensibly is going to be trying to modernize the Green Bay offense, make it more in line with what the rest of the league is doing. Although if you look at what they did in Tennessee last year, you might kind of go, hey, wait, what? But uh, anyways, everyone is looking at what the relationship is going to be with him and uh, Aaron Rodgers, that, I mean, it's fascinating, Matt isn't it? Matt LaFleur is going to modernize the Green Bay offense. Rick, I'm expecting 1989 to be a great year. <laughs> well, I understand the magic man, Mikowski, was doing great things there then. So, uh, yeah, if they can channel 89, ironically, of all years, they wouldn't be doing very bad. It'd be a lot better than 2018 was. This is a thing where I'm buying into it. I think they had a very good draft. I think they've had a very good off season. I don't necessarily know what things are going to look like with Matt LaFleur there, but if he's a successful head coach, they have all the pieces here to make a very, very, very serious kind of a run. I know that there have been some people uh, and a certain national talk show host uh, who was on in the afternoons who you and I love to rag on, uh, he likes to take issue with the Green Bay roster, and yeah, maybe it hasn't been as great over the years, but I think they've done a pretty good job in the post-Ted Thompson era of firming up that roster and getting it to be better. And Aaron Rodgers is a guy I've been looking at the last couple of years where right about the time, it's so unfortunate I was right about this, as much as I loathe all things Pittsburgh, but I was like, you know... Unfortunately, Sid Crosby is probably going to win a few more Stanley Cups. He's not just going to have the one, and it happened. And I keep saying that about Aaron Rodgers. I don't see Aaron Rodgers having just the one Super Bowl. I would have said the same thing about Brett Favre circa about 2004, and I turned out to be wrong on that one. But I don't, you know, I don't see it happening twice in a row in Green Bay. I'm not saying this is the year that they go all the way. But this, to me, is the start of Green Bay's comeback to the top echelon of the league, and I have them winning the division. I think it's a roster that you know. I, I, I will spare everyone doing another Colin Cowherd. However, I can promise you that before we conclude these reviews, there will be another Colin Cowherd, okay. and every dog in the neighborhood will end up at your front door. <laughs> uh, however, I mean, you and I have talked about you know 
you and I have talked about holes being greater than the sum of their parts, and you talk about parts on a, uh, individually on a roster. I agree with you in terms of wide receiving core. Devontae Adams is a top ten, could be a top five wide receiver in this league. You talk about the other pieces around him, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Equiminius St. Brown, who I love coming out of Notre Dame, um, Mercedes Lewis, who was and could be, again, a very good tight end in this league, Jimmy Graham, and when people were like, well, what about Seattle? It is not his fault they misused him in Seattle. Right. It is not his fault they got a great tight end and said, well, what do we do with this? Right. You know, so offensively, you're right. I think they can be very good. Offensive line with a question, with a question of Brian Belaga, it's, it's, with the exception of Brian Belaga, is a question to me. Um, I like David Bakhtiari not as much as some interior. I don't love their interior. I think is middle towards towards the bottom, but not in that bottom eight in the league. Defensively, I really love them. Now, I think they're a year or two away. When you talk about guys like Kenny Clark, Blake Martinez, uh, Darnell Savage Jr., Adrian Amos, um, I thought Darius Smith was great. And when they took... Rashawn Gary, yeah. I remember thinking to myself, much like Dallas, when they took Leighton Vander Esch over Calvin Ridley, what are you guys doing? And then you release a Pro Bowl defensive end, and it's like, okay, that's what you were doing. Right. And do I have questions about Rashawn Gary? At, he was the number one high school recruit in the country and then played at Michigan, yeah, I have huge questions. Please, with the exception of you know playing a directional school, show me the game that he dominated. Much like I talked about Leonard Fournette was completely absent in three years against Alabama while at LSU. Uh, when's the last time that we pointed out Rashawn Gary making a big play against Ohio State? Never happened. Right. Um, you know, so I do have questions in terms of, well, again, that defense, I think, two years away, offense is going to have to carry him for a little while. When's that, when's that news in Green Bay? It's not, again, interior offensive line. I, I don't love. But when you talk about a top five, and if he is right, the number one quarterback in this league, and quite possibly the best throw of the football, I won't say ever, like a lot of people say, but I will definitely say he's in that elite category with a couple other names that you and I have talked about. The pieces around him I like, especially the wide receiving core. I think this can be a very good year. And you look at them as compared with Minnesota, Chicago poised to step, uh, take a step back. You know, this is a Green Bay team that can get into the, can win the division, can get into the playoffs. And when you have 12 back there, yeah, they can make some noise. They can, and uh, they're at the point where people are sleeping on them. And again, and this shows you the the difference between the, the there's so much more silliness in terms of the pop culture part of the NBA than there is even the NFL, uh, which is saying something because you're starting to hear now this talk about oh, LeBron's revenge tour for this year. Oh. Couldn't you just as easily say that about Aaron Rodgers after everything in the last 12 months? And nobody is saying that about Aaron Rodgers and what his motivation is going to be. 
What I will say about revenge tour, since I mentioned Ohio State and Michigan, yeah. yeah, Michigan was on a revenge tour last year, and it was a Hollywood ending, and by that, I mean Dorothy got ripped apart by the flying monkeys and Toro ate her remains. <laughs> yeah, right? pretty much. So I am, I'm always wary of revenge tours. In the case of LeBron James, not to take this into the NBA for a minute, but guys, he surrounded himself with C-level talent. Right now, he has B-level talent. There are a lot of questions, and there are teams better than him in the West that play did what they did last year and will likely do what they do this year. All right? Yeah. When you talk about, when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, I agree with you. Aaron Rodgers could be much more plot for not a revenge season. I won't even go as far as a resurrection of his career because, yeah, he's very good. He's been very good. The pieces around him are now better. Do I think they are? Do I think they're an NFC Championship game contender? Not now. Do I think they're a playoff team? Yes, I do. And again, when you have a quarterback that is that gifted, that skill, go back to Dak Prescott's rookie year. The number one team in the NFC that year was Dallas. That was a great young nucleus. That was when Des Bryant was still Des Bryant. Uh, ask Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett what won that game for the Green Bay Packers. It wasn't Randall Cobb, who was now on the Dallas Cowboys roster. It was 12. That's true. That's absolutely true. And again, having Aaron Rodgers in the end uh, and having him in back, I, I don't think he was 100% for much, if any, of last year. But having him be 100% as long as he can be, I think certainly gives them the edge. A team that uh, I know a lot of people are expecting to take a step back, and I, and I guess by definition I'm calling for the same, although I still have them making the playoffs as a wild card, would be the Bears. Uh, but it's a thing where, again, Matt Nagy did an, such an excellent job of coaching on the offensive side of the ball last year, one of these great innovators in the league that we're seeing. They lose Vic Fangio on the defensive side of the ball, and that is definitely going to hurt because he's one of the best defensive minds in the league. So that accounts for a good part of the reason, I think, that I'm having them take something of a step backwards uh, and just make it as a wild card here. Obviously, as we've been seeing in the preseason here, uh, the issues uh, with the kicking that were on display at the end of the wild card game last year remain on display this year. Although, as I said to Joe Stazak uh, after the uh, 76ers series on the show here, uh, when they played the Raptors, I said, Joe, you live by the bounce in Philly this year, you die by the bounce. You know, you can't complain about it after January. But uh, they're still. Uh-huh. I will say that, did you hear Merrill's um, call uh, for the Philadelphia, on the Philadelphia Eagles radio network before uh, that field goal took place? No, I, I, can, mention, I can only imagine how great it was, because he's a great announcer. It was one of the, it was one of the all-time great setups for just in, in the history of sports I've ever watched. Take a deep breath. <laughs> this is the season. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. And that's where, again, kicker would be the exception to what I'm about to say. But if you're just looking at the starting 22, the Bears have 
fewer holes, I would say, than just about anybody in the league. And whether they wow you in any positions or whatever, Allen Robinson is a guy who has a chance to do that if he's all the way back from his knee injury because he was somebody that uh, I just wanted the Browns to throw endless amounts of gold bullion at in free agency when he was out there a year ago. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I remember that conversation. They didn't, and you were very upset that they got Jarvis Landry. In retrospect, would you like to apologize because getting Jarvis Landry got you as LSU teammate? Oh, well, yes, and that to me, that that's what uh, subsequently justified the entire thing. It wasn't necessarily getting Landry. It was the fact that Landry was one of the big keys to getting Odell Beckham Jr., so yes, but... Uh, defensively, again, you know, uh, Khalil Mack is sort of the exception to what I'm talking about here when I'm talking about a, a very, very solid and above average uh, starting 22, but not necessarily the highest ranks of, of skill position talent because uh, Khalil Mack is at the highest ranks of skill talent in the league, a top five player in the league, not merely a top five defensive player. Up and down the line, pretty solid, pretty above average aside from that. And that's been one of the keys of this roster and that Matt Nagy in year one and Fangio defensively able to get the most out of this collection. Will they be able to in year two? Will they need to be a little bit top heavier than they are? Don't know, but I think they're a good enough roster. They're a team that, especially after Fangio left, I wanted to pick them to regress further. Uh, because again, a lot of times the teams that, teams that take a jump up that you're not expecting, they give it back the next year. But just in looking at this roster, I, I, I can't do that. It, it, the starting lineups don't wow me, but uh, you know, a team that doesn't have hardly any holes, those are rare in today's NFL. Now, I will ask you, and I'll talk about them in just a second, I will say that when I did my triplets preview, uh, the first thing you said when you texted me back is bears are too high. What do you love about their offense? Well... Again, uh, Allen Robinson, I, I think, again, my guess is he's going to be back. Like A lot of times, though, some of these bigger guys, they, they, they may never be 100% again because the, the, the bigger guy, like Allen Robinson was basically always you know fast for a bigger guy as opposed to just playing uh, a burner. I mean, he was pretty fast, but those guys sometimes are not ever 100% ever again. So we're going to have to see. Last year, he certainly didn't deliver what I was expecting. We'll see on that one. David Montgomery has been wowing an awful lot of people in training camp here. Uh, Tariq Cohen is a guy that I, I think is best as the change of pace back. Uh, yeah. I, I think people put him over sort of obsessively, uh, but uh, you know he, he, he fits well there. Montgomery, I'm guessing, is the guy that was in the triplet survey. And then uh, Trubisky, I just think... At this point in time, and nothing against him, but if you're looking at the top half of quarterbacks in the league, I still wouldn't have him in it. He looked like a guy who was more of a system guy last year, and he may grow beyond that. But I I think Mitchell Trubisky becoming a legitimate top half of the NFL quarterback would be key to me agreeing with the overall assessment of their triplets. I would agree with you offensively, and I'll talk about I'll talk about their offense. You know. When you compare them to Minnesota and Green Bay, I said that Philadelphia-Dallas would be the best division race. To me, this is the most intriguing because you look at Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, you can go position by position, and occasionally you would take the guy from Green Bay. Then you would take the guy from Minnesota, and then a different position you would take the guy from Chicago. In terms of their offense, I mean, we nicknamed him last year that Matt Nagy was Sean McVay without weapons. 
Um, I still love Los Angeles' weapons a lot more than I do Chicago's. Mitchell Trubisky, when you talk about a bottom half quarterback this league, to me he's a bottom eight and on some days bottom four. Uh, quarterback in this league, there's no way I would have ever taken number two, set aside trading up to number two, which they did uh, when it looked like they didn't have to. Um, Tariq Cohen, I agree with you. He's better as a change of pace back. I like him. I think Jordan losing Jordan Howard um, hurts, especially when you talk about Mike Davis or da- Mike Davis stepping in as as you know his number two. Obviously, David Montgomery has been great, but you know how does that running back rotation work itself out? Especially when Cohen has been there longer. Like I said, Cohen was the one B to Jordan Howard. Wide receivers. I like a lot, actually. Allen Robinson, you mentioned. Taylor Gabriel, I was always a big fan of. Cordell Patterson, we saw how uh, versatile he was in New England, and I've been a big fan of Trey Burton for a long time. Offensive line, still have some questions. I love Kyle Long. Don't necessarily like Cody Whitehair. Don't necessarily like Charles Leno Jr. So offense, to me, not a red flag. They're solid in their skill positions. I don't love them. Trubisky has got to take a big step up. Defensively, I love them. To me, quite possibly the best 11 in this league, pound for pound. Absolutely best set of linebackers. When you talk about Leonard Ford, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, who I loved coming out of Georgia. And Khalil Mack's talent speaks for itself. Khalil Mack has passed Vaughn Miller as the best linebacker in this league. Uh, secondary Big fan of uh, you know. We'll see if Quentin Dix can have a how uh, Quentin Dix can, can have a comeback season. Prince uh, Mukamara, I'm a huge fan of. Kyle Fuller, I really like. Eddie Jackson, I really like. Then that front three, I don't think they're as good as at getting the quarterback as I think they have to blitz more than other teams. And we'll see with Vic Fangio gone how that plays itself out. But I mean, you talk pound for pound, they're the best eleven to me. They're the best defense in terms of skill set in this league. I think that's what carries them. I think that's what makes them a division contender. If they want to be an elite-level contender, if they want to be what most people think they are, then Mitchell Trubisky, he doesn't have to be great. He doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have to be a top-eight quarterback in this league, but he's got to be better than a bottom-eight quarterback in this league, which is what I think he is right now. Would you agree with me in terms of the competitiveness in the division that this is sort of a rich man's version of the AFC South? I could not agree with you more. Okay. Yeah, because that's kind of how I'm assessing it right now. You move from them to the team that, again, I really thought was going to stay at the top a year ago, Minnesota. Uh, They really, again, I I have to eat crow on this, that their offensive line problems proved to be worse than I thought they were going to be. I really thought offensively, DeFilippo was going to you know, do a good job in there. He never really meshed with uh, the talent that they had there, so... Uh, again, Minnesota, I think, can step up this year uh, and be a contender for at least a wild card, but uh, they, they really let me down in terms of my predictions a year ago. How many times did I call you last year and say to you down the stretch, you're like, no, 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 Minnesota's still getting in. They're still getting in. They're, forget about Dallas. Minnesota's still getting in. I, I think right up to the last week, our last phone call last year, I think it would, I think after the playoff positions were decided, you thought they were still getting in. Yeah, and uh, again, I, I will I will go back to 
the, the term that I have taken for myself that I used uh, many years in doing analyses with Kyle Ross, uh, I admit it, I am the bitter clinger. I mean, when I take a stand on something, it will take a lot to move me off of it. Uh, and yes, I was very stubborn about Minnesota. Uh, again, it wasn't because I thought Kirk Cousins was worth the money, although it turns out that aside from the insane amount of it being guaranteed, what he's getting paid is actually right about in the mainstream right now for even above average NFL quarterbacks at this point. And I think he's at least marginally above average. Uh, he's not more than that. And uh, unfortunately, with a part of the payroll they're devoting to him, they need him to be more than that. Such is life. But uh, between Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, you've really got some top flight talent there at some of the skill positions. Uh, Kyle Rudolph can really help you as well. The, the offensive line, I think, is going to be better than it was a year ago. Uh, defensively, again, you've, you've, you've got some very, very interesting parts in there. Xavier Rhodes as one of the top cover guys in the league. Anthony Barr, I think everyone would say back where he belongs as far as somebody who can really uh, you know, get things done in that system there. So I think Minnesota's going to have a better overall year than they did last year. I, I just think that with, again, Green Bay coming up and I think Chicago not being far off of where they were, even having a better year than a year ago is only going to get you so much. I agree with you when you talk about this is a rich man's AFC South. I agree with you in terms of the talent on all three teams. The fact that if they could get into the playoffs, again, there are conditions on all this, but if any of the three of them could get into the playoffs, they can make some noise. I don't think you go anywhere if you're so by paying the gross domestic product of Belize to a quarterback that I have never been a fan of. I thought when Washington franchised him, I said, by when they franchised him the second time, I said, are you out of your mind? Uh, he's a bottom half quarterback in this league. I don't know where anybody ever got the thought that he is elite or that he can be elite. He's not. Um, you don't have to have a quarterback to win you a Super Bowl in this league. I understand that. However, I thought that there's no way they should have given him what they gave him. And, you, and you're right. They are expecting more of him. And I could have told them they were not going to get that out of him. That said, there are extremely good pieces around him. You talk about arguably the best combination of wide receivers in this league in Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, the top 15 guys, Dalvin Cook. I love coming out of Florida State. I, I said at the time, because he came out when Leonard Fournette came out, I said I would absolutely take Dalvin Cook over Leonard Fournette because Dalvin Cook, not only in terms of his athletic ability as a runner, what he can do out of the backfield, what he can do in terms of creating matchup problems for you. Fournette could never do that. So I loved Alvin Cook coming out of Florida State. I thought it was an absolute steal when Minnesota got him. It obviously made Adrian Peterson expendable. You look at their two deep, Laquan Treadwell, Chad Beebe, Alexander Madison. I love, Kyle Rudolph obviously is an outstanding tight end. He's a top ten, top five tight end in this league. Then you throw in Irv Smith Jr. I mean, obviously I haven't done an evaluation of every two deep in this league, but offensively in terms of their skill positions and their parts, this has got to be one of the deepest, if not the deepest. Again, Cousins is a glaring question mark for me. Their offensive line I don't love. Defensively, yeah, you talk about 
good parts. Anthony Barr, Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, uh, Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffith. Um, got, you know, uh, again, a whole is greater than the sum of its parts thing. I think, I mean, we talked about the offense is going to have to carry Green Bay. The defense is going to have to carry Chicago. This is one of those scenarios. I give Minnesota's offense a slight edge over their defense. This may be the one exception in this division where you look at, you know what, if the offense is having a bad couple of weeks, the defense can get the job done. If the defense is having a bad couple of weeks, those skill positions, that offense can get the job done. I say that again, even not liking Kirk Cousins. With Green Bay, with Chicago, their other unit that I like less can't necessarily afford to have bad weeks. Minnesota is the exception there. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those three teams win those divisions. We saw Minnesota two years ago go to the NFC Championship game. I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota goes deep into the playoffs, makes some noise, plays for another NFC Championship. I think offensively, especially their scope position, they're at good. Yeah, I mean, it's possible if they get on a run. I got them just missing the playoffs, but if they get on a real run, they can do it. And again, you mentioned Harrison Smith. We're at that point again. Take a shot every time Rick Morris refers to a player as a force multiplier, but he certainly is for Minnesota in that secondary there. He, he plays at a great level and makes everybody around him even better. As we move to the Detroit Lions, they remain very, very thin on players that we can say that about. And uh, they are a team that... Again, over the years, them, going back and doing the shows uh, with Kyle Ross, I remember referring to them a lot and my Miami Dolphins at the time as being exemplars of the stars and scrubs theory of franchise building, which is why they were often so mediocre. they, They seem to have moved off of that. They don't seem to have as many holes, but they don't seem to have as many stars at this point either. I mean, they're better than they used to be at running back. Kerryon Johnson, I think, is legit. Uh, Kenny Galladay, but he looks like your typical number one wide receiver Kenny, that they have. Kenny, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay is a Kenny Galladay is a ten dollar version of Ty Hilton. <laughs> That's actually a good similarity as far as dome wide receivers. T.J. Hawkinson has the chance to be an exception to my rule because I think okay. he is going to be a top flight tight end. But I'm looking up and down the roster here, and again, this is a roster better than it used to be. I mean, they do lead the league, I will say, in defensive apostrophes with Deshaun Hand and Sean Robinson, but I'm not sure what that gets you in and of itself. Uh, but again, uh, those guys can uh, can deliver to, uh, to whatever degree and are, are only getting better. And uh, again, defensively, it's not like they don't have some pieces here, uh, but uh, again, I'm, I'm not really... I'm not really taken with the the, stat, the status of this roster at this point here, and this whole thing about uh, trying to change the culture with Matt Patricia. Uh, we'll see because if they can go on a big underdog run this year with the roster they have, I'll be a believer in that. But I'm not going to be a believer uh, if they end up where I think they will, which is slightly under 500. I w- I would put them six and ten. I agree with you. I look. I'm a huge fan of Matt Patricia. Uh, having seen interviews with him, having seen the kind of person he is, I understand Bill Belichick's assistants have not had a sterling track record within this league. That said, I'm a big fan of his. I think he can do good things. Unfortunately, within this league, you need a good offense and a good defense to do things. Matthew Stafford, uh, 
you know, we come up to a line where quarterbacks are not what they once were. Matt Stafford may want to look behind him. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it, you know, he's no longer a top eight. He's no longer, to me, a top ten. He is barely a top half quarterback in this league. Uh, carry on Johnson, I really like. But, again, Kenny Galladay, that's a $10 version of, of T.Y. Hilton. It's kind of that same, oh, my God, he's a number one. And no, he's not, guys. He's what you think a number you, you You have given me the great line about Newt Gingrich of he's a dumb guy's idea of what smart guy should be. Yeah. Kenny Galladay and T.Y. Hilton are dumb football fans' opinion of what a great wide receiver should be. Um, T.J. Hawkinson I absolutely love, but Marvin Jones, again, kind of in that strain of overvalued. Danny Amendola, how do you work out in Miami since you're a Dolphins fan there, Ricky? (laughs) That, uh, that's a guy that, uh, yeah, he's, he's never... He's never lived up to what people thought he was going to be, which is which is basically uh, at least an all-star slot kind of a guy. Has never, ever, ever put it all together. I am. You know, so, major question marks about, again, on Johnson, I really like. I don't love none of their wide receivers. I None of their wide receivers I really like. I barely like them. Uh, Taylor Decker, Graham Glasgow, they have some pieces on the offensive line. Um, Kenny Wiggins, I think, could be a very good guard in this league, but their offensive line is a question mark. Defensively, I mean, you talked about stars and scrubs. I would go as far as to say this is a star, and I say star in quote marks when I talk about Trey Flowers, a star, some scrubs, and some homeless people. Uh, (laughs) Trey Flowers... Yeah, he was very good in New England. I understand why Matt Patricia went and got him. Um, there's a reason that New England doesn't pay players. They tend to do, much like Bill Belichick assistants, they tend to do not that great outside of New England system. Uh, Darius Slay, again, another one of those guys that look behind you as far as where you are in your career as, as being a, an elite player in this league. Beyond that, major questions. Guys like uh, Devon Kennard, Jalen Reeves, Maven, Tracy Walker, Rashad Melvin. The secondary, I think, is a bottom four secondary in this league. I have major questions about that. Uh, if you are 6-10, and ten, I won't go as far as, uh, as, as we've said on other teams. Uh, you have to squint to see where the wins are. And if these wide receivers can be better, can play better than I think they are, it's a team that Nate could threaten for a wild card. I don't see it. As I said, six and ten, five and eleven. I won't go as far as to say you have to squint for the wins, but there's not an abundance of wins on that schedule. At the end of the day, you know, and I will say this: I'll go further on Matthew Stafford. You're going to have to start to have an unpleasant conversation in Detroit. Of he was great, never got us to where we want to go. When do we start looking for a backdoor to shut him out of? Yeah, and I'm not even sure it can be said about Matt Stafford at this point. He's as good once as he ever was. But uh, I will say, too, my, my last word on Detroit as well as for the division here, that when we're talking about them, and uh, especially the way you were harshing on the secondary here, I know it, it could be very possible that cornerback Jamal Agnew might refer to us as nattering nabobs of negativism, but we stand by our critique. 
So that's been our look at the NFC North for 2019. For Raymond Smalley, this is Rick Morris. Thank you for joining us for this mini-episode of the FDH Lounge. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, All Clear Channel Affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IAmBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements. 